Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. All right, we're back, and we are going right back to the phones. Joining us from Tightline Outdoors is Matt Ensley. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? Oh, I'm just trying to catch a breath. Karen and I, our, our flight coming in got delayed from Florida three hours. Of course, everybody's feeling bad that I had to spend those cold days that we're here in Colorado in the 80 degrees on the shores in Tampa Bay. But other sacrifices I make, you know, Matt. So uh, yeah, we all need those kind of sacrifices. <laughs> yeah. Hey, a couple of things I want to talk to you about. I know you're doing some great presentations at ISE, and I want to get to those. But before I do get to those, um, and and I want to talk a little bit. If you've been out fishing, I've been out of out of town all week. What's going on locally? Is there some opportunity out there? Well, the Front Range lakes, uh, the ice conditions are poor. There are some. Uh, spots that have uh, decent ice and people are starting to show up. Cherry Creek being as shallow as it is, is usually the first one to cap over. And, and it does have uh, ice pretty much covering the whole lake, but I'd be very, very careful. Uh, the only place I've seen any uh, numbers of people is out from the west boat ramp in that general area of the cove by the marina there to the right of the marina. Yeah, I, I got and, a feeling uh, that the ice fishing, uh, Ronnie's going to talk a little bit about it up north, too, later in the show. But we finally had a, maybe a couple days where it looked like it was going to lock up again, and it locked up. But it's really it's just a super careful situation. But um, there's some open water techniques down in southern Colorado, and you guys with tight lines are probably doing some things up in the mountains, I'll bet. Yeah, now the mountain lakes are locked up pretty good. Uh, we have the ice addiction tournament going on right now at uh, Wellington Lake, and uh, there'll be winners announced at 12 o'clock today. Check out our Facebook page for information on the winners. And then we have two more tournaments planned uh, uh, later uh, in January on the 19th, and then we have another one uh, on the, uh, let's see here, I've got the dates here. here. Here we go. So Wellington Lake, uh, as I said, is today. Starvation Reservoir in Utah will be on the 19th of January and Grand Lake on February 9th. And those are 8 to 12, and it's uh, $45 to enter, and all of those lakes have uh, great ice conditions right now. You know, anywhere from 8 to 12 inches of ice in some of these mountain reservoirs right now. Yeah, I think that's the one thing I wanted to mention today is that um, – I know the Front Range has been on again, off again, trying to make ice, but there are some tremendous ice fishing opportunities in Colorado that will go on probably right right into April yet, if you're willing to just drive up an elevation a little bit. And you don't necessarily have to drive that far, an hour drive or so. And if there are some places that are a little more than that, but I know Lake John, the Red Feathers areas, I know you guys have been catching fish on Ontario and Terriol. And uh, 11 miles has been good. And uh, there's just, there is a number of opportunities. And ice fishing can be very safe. There's no such thing as safe ice, but use common sense and get out there. That's correct. And uh, the mountain lakes would be my recommendation right now. And go for trout, lakers. Uh, lakers are being caught. Those are your two main species uh, in those reservoirs that you just mentioned. Let's talk a little bit about your presentation at the International Sportsman's. You have a couple different ones, I believe. 
Uh, yeah, well, I'll be doing, uh, boy, the seminars are just uh, chock full of great speakers. You've done a great job in uh, putting that together. Um, Nate Zelensky, Will, and myself will all be speaking. My presentations will be three, uh, jerkbait techniques, bobber techniques for successful fishing, and successful bank fishing techniques. You know, so many people don't have boats, but yet, you know, if you can get to the bank in certain areas, you can have successful fishing um, you know, eight, nine months out of the year. You're absolutely right. Now, I know we've tried to put different presentations on different days, so we really want people to go to the International Sportsman's Exposition website and check out some of these different seminars. And, you know, come more than one day if you want, you know, but, but if you can only come one day, there's always, you know, if you can only come one day, come whatever day you can come. There's always great information. But there may be a specific day you want to plan for. Why don't you kind of take us through a couple of years really intrigued me. I know on Sunday, I believe, is when you're doing Fishing from the Bank. Is that right? Yes. And another cool. another uh, young man who's just doing his very first time. He's uh he's the opposite of you and I. He's on the other end of the spectrum of the age here, Matt. And um and he's going to talk about fishing without a boat early on Sunday and then you're going to do it later. Let's talk about Sunday because we want to get a lot of the beginning fishermen out on Sunday. In fact, we're giving away um about three dozen fishing rods for kids on Sunday, and I'm going to tell you how to do that here in, in a, probably in the next uh, next segment. But fishing from the bank, there are so many opportunities in Colorado. Kind of tell us some of the points you're going to cover on Sunday. Sure. My, my seminar is from 1.30 to 2.30 on Sunday, uh, successful bank fishing techniques. And I'll be talking about key baits, particularly uh, on a seasonal basis, because the baits do change. So right away when the lakes open up, there are specific areas that you want to look for in the lake, such as the dam area will be one of the first areas to open up because the rocks heat up, has deep water. The fish are still deep from the winter cold water season. Water temperatures will be in the 30s, uh, mid to high 30s when that occurs. And so you have to pick the location is the number one thing you need to understand, where to be on the lake, where to look for the fish and where they're going to be, and then secondly, what baits you're going to present to those fish uh, during that time. And then as the season progresses from uh, early ice-off to uh, spring conditions, the fish begin to move. They won't be on those deep, uh, deeper breaks and deeper locations like the dam area. They'll begin to move into creeks and channels and shallow flat areas, and we'll talk about the techniques and, and locations to look for in those uh, those spots also. And then summertime, the process kind of reverses itself a little bit. It'll move back to the main deeper uh, breaks of the flats and edges back towards the main lake a little bit. And they really pretty much stay in that area except for a fall bite, which they'll move again back shallow for a short period of time, and then they go deep for the winter. And it really is. People don't understand. You know, they want to know what lure just, and lure is important, or they want to know, you know, and they want a magic presentation. But the real key is understanding the fish and then making sure you're making the right presentation at the right depth or in the right type of area. Because, if, you know, the best presentation in the world it doesn't do any good if the fish aren't there. That's right. Knowing where they're going to be in the seasonal periods is number one. Once you know that, most of the baits that we buy and we all own will work. Some are better than others, and we'll talk about that. But uh, most all of them work once you've 
located the fish. So that'll be the, the main focus of the presentation. I believe you're also doing a, a presentation on floats or bobbers. Is that right? Bobber techniques for successful fishing, uh, correct. Yeah. Um, that to, I've, I've, go ahead. I was going to say that to me. Um, when I used to do a lot of tank presentations and the fish were lethargic in the tank, I would always have one bobber rigged up with a small weight that I could put right in the strike zone and tease something in because people wanted to see the fish move a little bit. But, you know, sometimes people think, well, I don't fish with bobbers anymore. I'm more sophisticated than that. Well, let me tell you that some of the most sophisticated people in the world fish with bobbers. And if the average angler would learn bobber techniques, uh, they would increase their catch rates so much. And, and we'll be covering from basic bobber techniques to advanced bobber techniques with slip floats and uh, balsa wood floats versus plastic and styrofoam. We'll cover all of those uh, types of float systems. But you mentioned strike zone. That is a key point of bobber fishing. Uh, you, you're holding the bait in the fish's strike zone, which could be 15 or 20 feet in some cases when they're very uh, active. But in most cases when you're fishing, the strike zone is fairly narrow. It's anywhere from a foot to three or four feet. So with a float system, you can suspend it right on their nose, just above their head. You never want to be below them, so you'll figure that out, and I'll explain how to do that um, using electronics. And once you, you know that, you throw it out, you let it go down to the right depth, and you hold it in the spot, and you bobble the float. Use the float as a strike indicator, but also to move the bait and bobble it in place. I think that's one of the biggest keys that people don't understand fishing floats is that the the float itself becomes a presentation tool. Sometimes the wave action alone is enough to give some action, but with a slip float, you can virtually jig a bait in place, almost moving it just barely inches around and still make a presentation and do it to a fish that if you tried to put a boat over, you would spook. Absolutely. I have caught bass up to four and five pounds on a slip float system using an inch and a half tube bait. I mean, that's very tiny bait. You wouldn't think a fish of that size eats something that size. But when water temperature is cold, when fish are inactive, you need to downsize, and the slip float system gives you the ability to do that. Well, I'll relate a, a story, and this, I was on a very clear lake, and it was in, well, it was a rural reservoir, okay? Very, very clear lake, and I could see the bass. And they were they were in about, oh, I would say three, four feet of water at the most, and they were suspended about a foot or two off the bottom and couldn't get anywhere near them with my boat. And if I cast, like, uh, they were so tight to the shore, I couldn't get a crankbait or anything like that in. And if I cast a plastic worm, as soon as it splashed, they scattered. It went down to the bottom, and they never looked down the rest of the time. So it was, I just it, they never saw it after that. So by putting on a small slip float and suspending the bait, a little plastic worm with just a tiny bit of weight, down about two feet below that bobber, I could cast that small bobber out, and they would scatter when it splashed. But then as it settled, they became less spooky and moved back in. And then I could twitch that plastic worm. And after I adapted and used that, it wasn't on fire, but I'll bet you I caught a half a dozen really nice bass doing that. Yeah, absolutely. The line diameter, when you use the slip float system, everything gets downsized from the, the bait itself and the line. You know, you're not using anything more than six to eight pound test at the most when you're using that and spinning tackle. So 
light line, all of those things uh, help you uh, catch those fish. No, you're absolutely right. We are out of time, my friend, but uh, we will see you at the International Sportsman's Exposition. And, of course, if anybody wants to book trips or sign up for your ice fishing tournaments, it's tightlineoutdoors.com and Tightline Outdoors on Facebook, right? That is correct. All right. We will see you next week, my friend. See you then, Terry. All right. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan. Before we get to our next caller, I want to talk about something real special that's going on at ISE. Uh, A&A Toppers, uh, Darren and Greg, are going to have a huge booth there. They're going to have show specials. It's going to be fantastic. They're really going to, they're set up there every year. And you know, if you've listened to the show, how they support the outdoor community. They just work with all the guys you hear on the show and a lot more. They're so involved. Well, what they've done is Lear has an ambassador. Her name is uh, Christy Ennis. And she was in a helicopter in Afghanistan. She's a wounded warrior and an amputee, a Paralympic. She has come on board as an ambassador to Lear uh, products, and she will be at A&A Topper's booth um, Friday and Saturday. Uh, and I don't have the times right in front of me, but they'll be Friday and Saturday. I'm sure if you go to aatoppers.com, they'll have something on their website. And this is a tremendous opportunity to meet somebody who's made such sacrifices for our country, that she's given so much, and yet here she's out, wanting to inspire people. She's going on like a thousand mile hike or something. It's just, she's, uh, it's just incredible what she's accomplished. And she's an outdoor enthusiast and she'll be there and you can meet her. And what an inspiring person at the AA Toppers, uh, A&A Toppers booth at the International Sportsman's Exposition on Friday and Saturday. So here's somebody to bring the members of your family to say thank you for your service. And while you're there, AA Toppers is going to have um, tremendous, tremendous show specials like you won't believe. So make sure and stop by. Let's go right to the phones now. And joining us, a good friend who seems to be everywhere this morning. He was on Chad Lachance's television show already, and now he's on the radio here, Mr. Dan Swanson. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, last time I talked to you, you were under the dash of your boat installing new electronics. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, and I'm not done yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? I want to, You're going to give some special presentations at ISE, and I want to talk about those, both the electronics and the walleye one and some other ones. But before I get to that, I want to talk just in general about electronics with you. Um, I, I guess I'm giving away my age, but I can remember when a little green box from Carl Lorenz revolutionized the fishing world and made us turn our back to the shore and find fish out in deeper water. Uh, and the, the depth finder and then the ability to locate fish and see structure became just a huge, huge phenomenon in fishing. And we kind of all know where that's gone and it's just gotten better. And I'll have you talk about that in a minute. But another aspect, I think if I go back, this is probably, I don't know how long ago, maybe 15 years, Lawrence was making handheld GPS at the time. I don't think they do anymore. And they had just sent me some units to try. And Greg Claggio and I punched a lake map into them one winter that showed us contours from, uh, that had been measured by other people. And we went out in an ATV. And we drove up to three or four ice fishing spots without having to drill like 50 holes. And we were on the spot. 
And it just hit home to me immediately that this was going to be the wave of future fishing and one of the biggest tools that we will see. And it really has just exploded, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, having, <clears throat> having lake maps has made it so much easier for people to, if you can read a map and you can identify, you know, how fish relate to structure, yeah, you, you can immediately start breaking down that lake and figure out exactly where to go to, whether it's in a boat or walking across the, you know, the, the frozen water and drilling your holes. It, it, it really shortens the, the time it takes to contact fish. There's you no know, and even out. from the shore, actually. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, they've got castable ones now, too. You can cast them out and reel them back and actually map the bottom of the lake while you reel. So <laughs> it's it's amazing the technology that's out there today. But yeah, and having a map, and let's say you know, one of the things I'm going to talk about is, is walleye fishing from shore at the at ISC. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was, you know, I know you love to fish slip bobbers, and so do I. One of the nice things is if you know there's a rock pile out there at, you know, a cast distance away, and you know it's going to be 10 feet below the surface, you set your slip bobber for 10 feet, toss it onto that rock pile, and you're good to go. And that's doesn't matter whether you have a boat or not in that situation. No, you're absolutely right. And a lot of these downloadable maps, um, you can find, uh, you know, the ice fishing sonars I have from Lorance, um, they're GPS. And I could actually carry those along the shore and look at my GPS coordinates and zoom out to the map and zoom in on spots right by looking at the GPS. Talk a little bit about some of the advancements, both in mapping and some of the other viewing options that are going on in sonar that are just so revolutionary. Well, it's what's amazing to me is that if you go back and think about how, how far we've come, um, you can buy today a four-inch screen regular sonar unit with gps on it for 120 dollars and it's color <laughs> think about where that is compared to where we were even five years ago oh it's just amazing and then that you know that unit doesn't have map map capability but it does have the ability to mark waypoints so you could get on say google earth and you know find a waypoint and put a bunch of them in the unit and you know and use that to help you fish but for only 120 dollars you can get into something like that um, the advancements, other things, is, you know, if you want to spend a little bit more money, you can get units, that, as you've talked about, that have maps in them. They're either built in, and uh, Lawrence has actually got a lot of our, uh, local lakes on on uh, built into their units now. Like, I just got one of my new units. It's got horse tooth on it. You know, it's got Boyd Lake on it. It's got Douglas. It's all these lakes that have contours that w didn't exist you know, even a couple of years ago, and it's built right in the unit. You don't have to go buy a chip or download anything. Well, and that was and really that was really something in Colorado. It wasn't that many years ago that nothing was available because people weren't out here mapping like they were in Minnesota. Right, right, exactly. And now you can go you can go out and make those maps better by logging data and uploading it to Lawrence, and you know the maps will continuously get better. You can also mark them private if you've got your own secret little spots. You can keep it private to your, and make your own map. Um, there's also live mapping. So you, if you go to a lake that has no information and you find a little hump, you drive back and forth across it a few times, it makes the map while you drive. Um, and, and that's, you know, every, I think all the major brands have got that capability built in. And not, for Lawrence, it's free. You don't even have to buy a chip to go with it. So it's um, it's it's just phenomenal. It's <laughs> just phenomenal where we've come. What about the advances? You know, I remember many many years ago when Bottomline came out with uh, the side viewing sonar and 
And everybody thought, well, it was kind of gimmicky. Does it really work? I was on their pro staff at the time, and it really had the beginnings of some great technology. And then uh, the folks at uh, Johnson Marine bought them out. But now almost everybody has side imaging and down imaging. How do you compare what we can get now compared to what was just a few years ago? Oh, my gosh. The side imaging from bottom line, I remember when they had it, it was it almost looked like you were looking at uh, your regular sonar screen, but it was turned sideways, right? So you could see a fish that was out there a certain distance away, but it didn't really show you what the bottom of the lake looked like. Am I correct on that? Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, so it's been a while since I looked at a bottom line. (laughs) Well, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's aged us a bit. But, But now the image that you're getting on your side scan looks like, it looks like a view from above. It, 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 it actually looks like a Google Earth image of the bottom of the lake is now being created on your screen while you drive around the lake. And with, with Lorance, I can create a structure scan overlay, and it actually overlays my path and that side scan image right on top of the map as I drive. And I, I actually have done some Google Earth stuff that I can import into my sonar also, and I compare the two side by side, and it's just amazing how the, that side scan looks just like the Google Earth map that I have on a different place on my screen. How about the down scan? How do you compare it to scan, traditional sonar? The thing about down scan is it, it it gives you a much better image, a much clearer image. So rather than having a cloud of yellow and red and blue, um, when you go over a tree, you, you know it's just this, this clump of color. On the down scan, it actually looks like a tree. Um, and the way that works is this has got this higher frequency image that just gives you a much crisper uh, definition of, of the returns coming back. And it, it actually looks like you're driving over a tree or you're looking over. They, they planted some fish structure on Boyd Lake. We go over that. You can see it clearly just like the just like it looks in the picture on the shoreline. So um, it's uh, <clears throat> it's it's amazing. And you can get that. You can get down scan and regular sonar and GPS with mapping capability on a unit now for like $300. Wow. That's incredible. It's amazing. It's amazing. Dan, we're going to run out of time. So real quick, I want to go through your seminars. We've kind of done some specialty things going on. Why don't you kind of tell us the different things you're going to partake in at, at ISE? Yeah. So the, so on Friday, you've got the, we've got the expert corner set up. And I have two different presentations over there. The first one's going to be at 2 o'clock. And it's going to be called Fish Finder Basics. And what I'm going to cover in that one is, you know, you're a new user. You just got a fish finder. You're looking at the screen. You know, what are you seeing? You know, what is, where are you in time? Um, what do fish look like? What does the bottom look like? How can you tell bottom hardness from, you know, soft spots or hard spots? So you can find those rock piles. So you can find all these different things. So interpreting what you're going to be seeing is what the focus of that seminar will be. And it's just going to be a very informal standing in front of the sonar and pointing at things and talking to people and answering questions. That's really what I have in mind for that. And then the second one's going to be more advanced. And that one I think is called sonar downscan site scan GPS. So it's going to cover just a quick overview of the sonar. I'll talk about the downscan kind of like we just did talk about side scan and how you use it. And then how to use GPS along with all of that to mark fish and find places to fish whether you're marking fish, marking structure, whatever you or cover, whatever you're looking at, and you know how can you use that to catch fish? Also, a little bit on 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 the mapping stuff that we talked about. So I'll, I'll demonstrate some of that as well. Um, 
And then I then I'm going to do. Go ahead. I want to make sure we get in the walleye panel on Saturday because that's always oh, popular. Yes. You and I and Nate and Brad Peterson we put on a walleye panel Saturday afternoon, and that is always heavily attended. Yeah, and it's always kind of fun. You know, I've got I've got Brad and and Nate who tower over me when we're standing there, and uh, we you know we we discuss our uh, our different philosophies on how we fish for fish in certain situations. It's always a good time, and it's. As you always say, uh, with you and, and us, we'll have four different, well, five different opinions, even though there's four of us, because one of us will change our mind. Yeah, so, you're exactly right. So, yep. So that's always a good time, and everyone should come to that with your questions. And we usually have some good giveaways to go with it. So, all right. Then I think you're doing a tank presentation. I am. I'm doing a tank presentation on finding walleye from shore, and a little bit of what I already talked about. But how can you, how can you fish from shore and successfully catch walleyes? Uh, you know. Like I say, walleyes, when they're shallow, they're there to feed, and there's no reason you need to be a boat. You can catch them from shore in the same situation when they're feeding. All right. We are out of time, Dan, but people need to go to ISC online, check the schedules, join us down there, circle the ones you want to come to. This is one of the best experts on electronics and walleye fishing in the country, and come and take advantage of it. Dan, i got to run, but thank you so much. I'll see you in a couple days. Yeah, thank you, Terry. Thanks for having me on the show, and we'll see you on Thursday. Yep, Dan Swanson, just a great resource. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are waiting for Austin Parr to join us. He is up in the uh, mountains helping some Boy Scouts get into ice fishing, and something may have come up with service or availability. If he doesn't call us pretty soon, we'll move on to one of our favorites, Ronnie Castiglione. But let me tell you what Austin was going to talk about. Uh, Shakespeare Fishing has donated about three dozen kids' fishing rods to um, give away at the International Sportsman's Exposition. Sunday is our family day. On Sunday, uh, Brad Peterson at 1230 is going to do a Getting Started Fishing Seminar. All the seminars on Sunday are, are more geared towards getting started or towards female anglers or those type of things. So we want to get as many people started. So what we're going to do uh, at 12.15 on Sunday, and we'll announce this next Saturday too, but mark this down, at 12.15 on Sunday, we will have people line up to get tickets. And the first, I think it's about three dozen rods, the first, like whatever number that is around that, a uh, child with an adult doesn't have to be one child per adult either, as long as they're with an adult, if you have two kids, that line up is going to get a ticket. Then you have to listen to Brad Peterson do his getting started fishing seminar. And at the end of that seminar, uh, at the end of that seminar, Brad will announce how you redeem that ticket at the show to get a youth fishing rod for whoever has a ticket. So there'll be, like I said, about three dozen of them, okay? So we want to make sure that you're um, there, geared up, ready to go, and that uh, uh, you you do uh, you take care of 
get there on Sunday. We want to give these kids fishing rods. And then on Sunday is our family day. We've been talking about Friday's our experts day. Sunday's our family day. We do have some expert bass fishermen on Sunday, but there are women presenters, and we want them to not only give expert bass techniques, but we want them to talk to other women about how to get involved in fishing, how to get started. And the Youth Bass Club will be at our experts' quarter Sunday talking about high school fishing, college fishing, and these are experienced anglers that will give great bass fishing tips also. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, before we take a quick time out here, and we're going to be joined by Ronnie Castiglione in just a second. Before we take our time out to be joined by Ronnie, I'm going to give away a couple pairs of tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. You'll also go in a drawing for a $375 gift pack if you win tickets today. And this is the last day to get into that drawing. The first two callers at 303 713 1043 will get uh, tickets to the a pair of tickets to the ISE and they will get put into the drawing and when we get back from this time out Ronnie Castellonia will join us on 1043 the fan You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 the fan we're going to join Ronnie Castellonia here in just a second but I want to tell you Follow us, follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, like and follow. Here's some of the things you're going to get information on this coming week alone. First, if I get out to do any fishing, we'll update the conditions. Second, we're going to talk about possibly more ticket giveaways for International Sportsman's Exposition. We're going to give more specific instructions on how you can get a free youth fishing rod on Sunday at ISE. We'll talk about that. And we'll have a post on Chad Lachance and his $1,700 gift package on our Facebook page at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. You should follow it anyway. Anytime I write an article, there's a link to it on there. Anytime we add a show to our YouTube, it's on there. Anytime I get out, it's on there. And when I take a few trips, I give you a chance to jab me a little bit and have a little fun and interact. And so it's just a great place to know what's going on in this show and get to know each other. So Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, that's really the only social media other than our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, that we do. So follow us there. Let's go to the phones now. And joining us, uh, he's a frequent contributor, fills in for me on this show, and he will be presenting at the International Sportsman's Exposition, Ronnie Castiglione from Fishful Thinker. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Terry Wickstrom. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, and I want to talk about your ISE stuff, but I tell you what, I've been out of town, and uh, I want to get caught up a little bit, too, on what's going on as far as... uh, is there any fishing? fishing opportunities? Yeah, I mean, I was fishing, but people don't want to hear about the fishing off the shore in Tampa Bay. You know, it's funny, Terry. Last weekend, I was stunt, or I was out scouting for ice and doing some ice fishing and, and stuff like that. Today, Terry, I'm on the quest for open water. So today, I'm actually up here at Horseshoe Reservoir, and I'm scouting out some of the open water. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Colorado will do that to you, Terry. One week, it's ice fishing, and the next week, it's... It's open water fishing. How, how do we stay on top of it, Terry? It's, it's crazy. The only way to do it, Ronnie, is fish, fish, and fish. Absolutely. You know, last week the ice conditions got really good really fast up here in northern Colorado down on the Front Range. You know, up in the mountains, of course, Terry, uh, Red Feather and North Park and areas like that have all had a lot, a lot of ice. I think Red Feather at this point has got at least a foot of ice on most of those lakes that are up in that area. 
And, you know, down here on the front range, we were looking at the four to five, possibly six inches of ice to start the week, Terry, on places like Boyd in and around the marina or Heinrici or on the northern flat or on the southern flat. Douglas had some ice on it on either end, on the north end or on the south end, and people were out fishing that. Smith Lake on the north side also had a little bit of ice, and people were out on that. But, you know, this week, Terry, it Temperatures don't look real favorable to ice fishing to me, and I had a buddy that drove by Boyd yesterday, and he said there were probably a, you know, a half a dozen to a dozen people out ice fishing in and around the marina area, but he said it looked real slushy to him, and when I hear slushy and I hear ice, you know, that's not really my deal, so I, I'm kind of in that look for open water mode until the until the cold temps come back down here on the front range, Terry. Well, you're absolutely right, Ronnie. Um, you know, folks, the ice can change so quickly with this kind of weather. Unless you're really experienced and know how to read ice, um, head to the mountains if you're going to ice fish. There may be some opportunities down here on the front range, but if you're not if you're not confident you know about the ice, don't take the chance. Ice fishing can be extremely safe if you use common sense, but you can drive up to Red Feathers and catch a bunch of fish. You'll have fun. You can drive to Lake John and catch big fish. You can drive up to Granby's locking up and catch lake trout. So they're, they're 11 mile. Uh, there's just a number of places you can go where there's good ice, and there will be good ice fishing through and into um, almost into April. And you know, we could get another cold spell here. But the, the other alternative, Ronnie, when it's like this, when it's warm like this, hit the rivers. Yeah, absolutely. The tailwaters and the rivers, a lot of those are opened up. Some of the canyon sections of rivers like the Pooter and the, and the Big Thompson, some of the areas that don't get a lot of sun, they're, they're going to be iced up still. But, uh, you know, down here in the town, for example, the Pooter's flowing pretty good through most of the town. There's ice in spots, but there's open water in spots. The Big Thompson's kind of kind of sets up the same up here. And fishing can be outstanding on the rivers this time of year down in town, Terry, no doubt about it. The trout actually seem to bite a lot better this time of year in town than they they do in the middle of summer probably has to do with water temperatures and things like that but uh, there's plenty of open water you know i'll give you a report from horse tooth right now I-, I drove the whole lake this morning and took a look at it there's a lot of ice floating around up here terry uh skim ice in a lot of spots some areas are locked up some of the cove areas some of the tight channels some of the some of the saddle areas the shallower areas here on the main body uh, are also have ice on them. But uh, right now I'm sitting on one of the northern dams up here, and I'm fixing to walk down to some open water right here. You know, there's a large section of open water, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk down after I get off with you and, and give it a go, Terry. So there is some open water. The the inlet up here at Horse Tooth is flowing, so there are people in that area that are that are fishing that, and that's always a good opportunity this time of year is to, to hit the inlets up when, when there's water flowing in, Terry. So there's definitely some open water to be had. Um, and then, like you mentioned ice is just you know maybe a 45 minute drive from fort collins we can get up to red feather up there and and you know there's a lot of little fish up in there in dowdy and in bel-air and some of those other lakes but parvin's a sleeper up there for a lot of people terry uh, parvin absolutely has some really really big trout in it uh it's a little bit heavily you know more heavily regulated as far as what kind of bait and stuff like that you're allowed to use up there you can't use any salted or scented stuff things like that but uh you know chad filmed at parvin probably four or five years ago and he was astonished at some of the trout he landed in that show, Terry. He was catching them up to seven and eight pounds. Oh, so Parvin's awesome. a sleeper, and, and there's some good ice up there, Terry. Oh, you're absolutely right. Hey, Ronnie, before we run out of time, 
Uh, real quick, I want to talk about your involvement at the International Sportsman's Exposition. And one of the things we've been pushing is our Friday is kind of our advanced day. And I know you're involved on Friday, and you're actually kicking off the tank demonstrations. Tell us what you're doing Friday up at ISE. Friday, I'll be on the tank at 12.30, Terry. And the topic I'm going to be covering on the tank that day is covering water with confidence. Um, you know, me and Chad sat down this year, and we thought about some of the topics that we might want to cover. And covering water and power fishing has really always been one of my strengths, Terry. You know, I like to fish fast a lot of times. I like to cover a lot of water, and I like to kind of – I always say there's a party going on somewhere, Terry. I just have to find it. So I'm going to go over some of the presentations that I like to use, kind of talk about them seasonally as far as, you know, early in the year, middle of the year, late in the year, that kind of a thing, and really talk about how to, how to work your way around the lake quickly, either from shore or a boat, Terry, how to take a variety of presentations with you, how to have kind of a rotation that you're going to go through, how to hit the key structures, the key points, the transitions, things like that, areas on the lake where it goes from deep to shallow so that the fish don't have to move very far, um, how to cover the lake, how to, how to nail, you know, how to dial in a pattern, and, and then once you dial in that pattern, kind of run that pattern all around the lake, Terry. That's what I'm going to be doing Friday. All right, and then you got a couple other things going on. Quickly tell us about those. So Saturday, I'm going to be on the lake or be on the tank at the same time, Terry. So 12:30 as well. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to be talking about fishing in and around heavy grass and heavy cover. Uh, the presentation is called "Weeding Them Out," and you know it's really geared towards those people that don't have a lot of experience fishing a lake like like Boyd, for example, where the where the real quick, a uh, real thick uh, aquatic vegetation has grown in the last few years because they've really been filling the lake with a lot of water. Uh, that grass can stump people a lot of times. Terry, and, and later in the years, the water falls off. The, the grass even becomes thicker at times because the water drops off of it, and some of that stringy stuff lays over. and And people think it's you know real real hard to fish in around that stuff. But if you know the right presentations, you know how to rig the baits, you know how to rig the, the soft plastics, you know some of the some of the better ways to fish over the top of it and things like that, and how to punch through it. That's what I'm going to be talking about on Saturday, Terry. And you know, if, if you can learn to fish in around that heavy aquatic vegetation or in and around some of those trees or under docks and things like that, fishing around heavy cover, Terry, uh, you know, the fish really like to live there, Terry. So it definitely improves your chances of, of catching fish. And without a doubt, some of the biggest fish we catch every year, Terry, up on a lake like Boyd, uh, right in the middle of some of the heaviest, thickest cover we can find, Terry. So that's what I'm going to be talking about on Saturday. And then, and then also on Saturday, Terry, I'll, I'll be at the, at the table there, at the expert's corner table. Uh, I think I have two time slots that I'll be there. I know one of them's 4 o'clock, and the other one I'm not real sure about. I think it was 11 o'clock or 1 o'clock. Um, I'll be there, and while I'm sitting at the expert table, you know, what I'm going to be doing there is kind of talking a little bit about what you and Chad were talking about earlier, is, is taking a trip somewhere, Terry, and, and going to salt water from fresh water and some of the presentations that you have or should have right here in your tackle box that work on a lake like Horse Tooth or Boyd that you can take down to salt water and you can absolutely hammer the fish, Terry. So that's what I'm going to be doing while I'm at the expert table. All right. We got to run, Ronnie, but we will see you in just a couple days. Sounds great. I'll see you at the ISC, Terry. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, Ronnie Castiglione. Let's quickly go right back to the phones. And joining us, I believe we should have Austin Parr. Are you there, my friend? Right. Oh, there you are. I got you now. I, I didn't hit the now. button. Well, now, you know, there must have been, we only got about two minutes. It was probably some miscommunication. And I'm going to forgive you because you've been up helping Boy Scouts. 
We've been up at Tahosa Scout Ranch today, just absolutely hammering on some brook trout, getting a bunch of scouts going on up here on a on a Boy Scout specific trip. So it's been a been a good one for us this morning. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. No, no, nothing wrong there. A couple things I wanted to talk about, um, real quick. Are what are you doing on Friday at ISC? We want to really get that experts thing out there. Yep. So as far as the expert panel, I'm going to be talking about uh, reaction fishing for walleyes. And really focusing in on, on my specialty that I like, the jigging wraps and the blade baits, maybe mixing in a few plastics. But really, I want to get onto a really good in-depth talk about reaction fishing for walleyes that can work all year long. And I know that's one of your fortes. And the last thing, my friend, is um, I kind of teased it while we were waiting for you to call. But we've got about three dozen fishing rods to give away. Brad Peterson is going to... Um, is going to be giving a seminar at 12.30. So at 12.15, people can line up. It has to be an adult with the child. There can be more than one child, but they have to be accompanied by an adult. And while the tickets last, we're going to give them a ticket. Then at the end of Brad's seminar, he's going to tell them how they can redeem those tickets. And I want to thank you personally for coordinating that with um, Shakespeare Fishing and the rods they donated. Absolutely. You know, we couldn't do it without uh, Shakespeare and, and pure fishing and being able to get some young folks, some good equipment to get out and have some success is something that I'm passionate about. And getting young folks into the sport is, is the thing that we have to all be doing. And it, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to take advantage of. And, and getting some of these young folks some rods is, is going to be a great thing. And we've got 30 seconds. If you're going fishing, where would you go tomorrow? You know, open water would be what I'd probably be doing if you're going to be on the front range. Metro ice just is not that safe at the moment. You know, we're up here on a smaller lake up at Tahosa. Granted, this is just a scout scout lake, but the ice is solid. It's 18-plus inches. So I would probably be focusing in, as you guys were mentioning, up at Red Feathers or maybe even uh, moving over to North Park. North Park's been absolutely fantastic as of late. Ice is solid. Fishing is fantastic. And you can get good numbers as well as good-sized fish. All right, my friend. Sorry we didn't get to spend more time together, but I will see you in a couple days. Thank you guys so much. We look forward to seeing you at the Expo. All right, that's uh, Austin Parr. We're going to wrap it up for today, but please come by and say hi. Karen and I will be at the Demo Tank in the Experts Corner all four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, we might even have a few more tickets to give away next week. We may have some other things to give away, so you better follow us and like us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. You can take advantage of that. And, of course, we'll be posting more new shows on our YouTube channel. But tune in every Saturday right here from 9 to 11 for Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We will let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and sports on 104.3 The Fan. Thank you.